episode 135 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, this is uh, a good couple of weeks it's been since we last jammed, eh? It and, has. Uh, you know, I, want, you know, I, I don't really care about what, you know, your face and what you're wearing tonight or anything like that. What I want to know and what the listeners want to know is what's that behind your, your, your desk there? That is a, that is a, a treadmill. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I mean, you know, I'm living in a country where it's, there's a, there's a bloody curfew at six, no sign of it ending, and uh, yeah, I managed to get a. This one is like last year when I, I can't believe I'm admitting to have bought two treadmills inside a year, but one I bought last year at home was a decent one that will last. This is gonna if this sees out the year. I, I mean, it's not even like you're not even going six minute mile on it. Like it's just <laughs> anything because yeah. I'm fed up of getting home at half past six and not being able to go and run. So that is a. That who knows how many more lockdowns things we'll have. So that's what that is. Um, oh, nice. Is it one of the like you know the is it a you know you're saying it doesn't go faster than six minute miles? Does it like you know does it start shaking when you hit that the top end speed? Is it? I haven't actually tried that yet. I, I should really I should really put it through its paces. But it's like when you buy, you obviously don't want to take something to its top limit. You know, like you don't buy a car that can go seventy mile an hour because that's as fast as you're going to drive it or or whatever you want to drive it at. So I'm worried if it can only go like six right. minute miling, or I think it might even be a bit slow than that. Actually, anyway, that I'm not gonna. It'll be absolutely screaming if you put it to the top end. <laughs> so uh, I will see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's I haven't done that. I've, I've, say, I've not actually. I've to confess, I've not actually been on it yet since I got wow. it built. Because um, I've been getting a bit of outdoor running, which is good. And then we've had a bit of snow here. You've had loads of snow, but I think it's all melting now. So hopefully, listeners can start getting out and about more i've seen nothing but snow pictures on instagram and strava over the last couple of weeks it's just been like endless it's chaotic but i tell you what see i mean you know i did that you know the the good old rookie error cutting my hair you know during uh, minus 20 the coldest the coldest uh you know day on record no doubt and what did i do i cut my hair didn't i uh, he's, he's, Kyle is like shining right now. Oh, like, yeah, I am. Yeah, uh, but I tell you, you know what was? Um, I I've got these like clippers. I've had them for years, and uh, you know my the usual grade the two the teeth of them. I must have someone. I'm going to blame Logan. I think he sat on them or something, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're broken. So I had no choice but to to go to no no guard. So Ooh, I just shut. went guardless, you know, all the way round. I can tell. I know. I mean, obviously the beard stays, you know, so it's like an upside down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know that game, Guess Who? Yeah. Like, that's it. You like the guy I've got one of those, the bald guy with the beard on Guess Who? Oh, um, that's it. But you know what, listeners, we've got, a, we've got a bit of a, we've got quite a good, a bit of content. We've not been on for two weeks, but actually what's quite good is the week we come back on, we've got some stuff in the world of athletics to talk about. So there's been two indoor meets in the World Series with Scottish athletes at them. There was a, International Class 5K in Monaco on Sunday yesterday. Uh, we've got part two of Adrian Scott, which is which is Adrian Scott, sorry, which is great. Um, and I'm going to jump straight to the chase, Kyle. You left you left us in a bit of a, uh, a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. How did the virtual hill challenge go? Oh, oh man, well I'm you put gonna, yourself out there. Here we go. I did, didn't I? I mean, what a, what a rookie error again. Rookie error number two in one week. Um, there was ab- right, I'm I'm good. I'm not going to make excuse. I am going to make excuse. Please, please but, make excuses. It's not really. I couldn't find the hill steep enough. I genuinely right. This is this boy lives in Afford. He lives in Afford. <laughs> <laughs> you see this? No, there's like 
there's like three or four feet of snow in all the hills. There was no, like, there was no, all the roads were full of snow. So the roads, in order, so what I looked at, right, was I looked at the results. Big and Doug, and Doug, good, good on him, smashed good him, yeah, yeah. in half an hour. I mean, that's pretty, that's some going to, to, to go up and down and to gain 600 meters is bloody impressive. But I mean, his total distance was like 2.8 miles. My total distance was like 4.5 miles. Um, Do you know what, Kyle? You were also, uh, you also got beat, you also got checked. Oh, no, I did. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I knew you would do this. I knew you would just come on and just rip it. I, I was even thinking, will I even put my result up? And I thought, nah, you know, I'm going to support the cause here. I'm going to... Good lad, you know, good lad. Keep, keep, you know, keep myself relevant in there. Uh, you know, kind of... <laughs> you know, I hadn't actually checked the results, honestly, until five minutes ago. I just saw it come streaming on Strava one day. And I, oh, folks- I did look at folks' like elevation just to keep an eye on it. And then I saw some like... Like there was some chat on Facebook or something about like some people putting in dodgy results. I hadn't looked at it. I had no idea. I thought anyway. I was I was quite shocked how far to scroll for you. Um, I I first thought when I started scrolling a bit, I thought he's not uploaded it. But no, do you know what, mate? Good on you. Good on ah. you for getting it in there. <laughs> Good to get I mean, Megan Crawford on. She, you know, she's uh put a couple hundred meters into you there. Exactly. Sixty meters. But do you know what? Like it's if it was a steeper, like if I was to go like off piece. The, the snow would have just been ridiculous. So I had no choice. And I thought, I'm, I'm out here anyway. I'm just going to do it. You know, it's a bit of fun, isn't it? You yeah, know? it's quite right. Like, Good for you, mate. And, uh, and you know, it's, you know, folk like folk like Tommy just, you know, get get stuck into my, you know, being checked and all that. You know, I mean, I, I was not only checked, I was, I mean, saying I am a master now, but many, many other masters um, mastered me as well. So Master, that's a, that's a, that's exactly. an, although to be fair, you know, every every cloud, you were second in your age category. Oh, was I? <laughs> you were, yeah. You oh, were beaten by that. you were beaten by two M50s and M45, well, admittedly, but you were second in M35. I'm, I'm an age group athlete now, okay? <laughs> exactly. Age group. <laughs> no, I'm, I was. Uh, wow. I felt. I, I'm, I think this is it's hilarious. And actually, that's maybe one of the good things about the virtual racing. This is that we talked about this before. The hill one is actually quite interesting because it's like there's a lot of. It's the only one where like. I think course tactics really come yeah. into it. They were really a different fun. course. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it. But the moment I, uh, you know, the moment I actually, just as I was doing my warm up, I thought, right, because the Scottish Athletics are putting the live results so you could see them in oh, live wow. time. So I checked and, and Doug's uh, result of 600 meters. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not going to get anywhere near that. And I was like, I shouldn't have looked. I was just disheartened, you know? And then, uh, and I was like, nah, it's just a bit of fun. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like once it got going, it was just a good workout as well. Like, and I was quite happy with, you know, it's, it's a good indication. So if I was to do it again, I mean, it was pretty snowy, but like, you know, I was quite happy with my pace going up. I felt strong. I was going really hard down the hills. I mean, I was goosed for a good few days afterwards, like, you know, but. Uh, I'm but just that- looking at Andug's. I'm trying to work out where he did it. So he did it in the, in the bog and the hunters, um, on the side of the crags, by the looks of it. I think, um, I mean, I haven't got the results in front of me, but I think uh, the winner of uh, Megan Keith, I think she's in Edinburgh now, isn't she? Oof, pass. Or whoever That's was right. the first so, girl. So Andy looking at it, Andy Doug was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, like a sense, if you like. And he was going to straight, he, his climb was 79 meters up till 175. So about 100 meters. 
yeah, there you go. So yeah, just under 100 meters for each each ascent, and his ascent was 0.721. So about 700 meters long. Interesting. Oh, Very interesting. Like, uh, the tactics on this. Mine was like a mile, eh? Ooh, a mile. Because I guess you've got to think about the recovery as well. Aye. You well, know, it's not really a recovery though. It's you know you you pelt down. You know that's I your, suppose, yeah. That's where you get your time. So it's it's a full like half an hour ball. You know, hell of a workout. Oh, yes. It was. I mean, I, I was. I find it really difficult to like go eyeballs out, like you know, lying in the floor because it was so cold. But I I really enjoyed it. I think it was good. But you know, ne- next time, uh, hopefully the the storm Darcy or whoever the hell it is doesn't appear, and you know, I get a good run at it next time if there's any further virtual races but uh but no i mean you know it's it's nice to do something something a little bit different um and i've been doing a lot of treadmill work running as well at the moment you know you'll see my you'll see my stravas a little bit bare this week i just have to get used to me not used to it but you know putting the manual uploads on you know and yeah you know, telling people that i ran a, a four minute mile eight times so uh <laughs> yeah mate join the club i i i, I don't talk much about my training i've had a couple of rotten weeks with like with just like the curfew really kicked me a couple of times with some busy days at work some stuff personal stuff going on at home that i just like had a, a right training became a anyway i got back into the i got a session on the weekend which was good at the club but uh yeah I, and I also my cheese consumption has gone like through <laughs> the roof it's really <laughs> not healthy having a fromagerie around the corner like it's like I, I need to. I really need to get some solid mileage under my belt. Um, You've got a fromagerie. Oh, wonder. yeah, I know it's crazy, mate. Honestly, it's a, it's, it's, it's a dream. It's also a disaster. But uh, <laughs> do you know what? I've got, I've got a 10k on the 10th of April, all going well. So I'll, I'll that's, I can, I'm sure I can get myself. And it, I'm not even sure of it. That'll go ahead. But anyway, I'm, I just need to get myself into reasonable shape for 10k, and then I'm, I think I'm going to be all roads to a marathon in uh, autumn. And actually, one thing that's interesting for you is I've spotted a couple of, I might dip the toe on the old uh, Alpine Ultra in the oh, summer. Stop it. You're, 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 you're making my juices flow. Wait, so tell you us You just have to just join me. Well, I'm looking at doing the, I've been, I've been building my bucket list of things I want to do while we're in France in terms of where we want to visit and all that. And that, that, this bucket list ranges from you building, know, an spe- building an igloo, which, you know, Kyle's checked. I'm going to have to get yeah. a colder climate for that. Yeah. Um, but it's things like you know, even just like touristy stuff, you know, a bit of alpine cycling, of course. But I want to visit the the, I think it's the park, national park des Ecrans, which is like uh, the sort of middle part of the near the Les Alpes in um, in the Alps. Anyway, yeah. they've got there's a trail race there, uh, the Trail des Ecrans, it's called, and uh, it's uh, there's a 55 kilometer ultra there, which uh, in the which I thought would be quite, could be quite a good. Stepping stone for me into it. Nice, fifty-five kids. You know, depending on the elevation, but that's that's a good start. You know, it's uh, you know, we had that debate about is fifty k an ultra. I would say it is. You know, especially when it's up and down hills and on trail and things. So yeah, uh, true. So, so it's I called mean, yeah, Grand Grand. It's called the Grand Grand Trail des Ecrans, and it's. Uh, let me get the stats for you. I'll send you. I'm going to email it to you, so just in case you fancy getting involved. But yeah. it's, uh, when is it? Uh, early June, fifty-seven oh. kilometers, three and a half thousand meters. Gotcha. Well, that's uh, that's a good so bit of climb. Yeah, it's a good bit of climb. So yeah. you go right up over. Uh, you it's right next to the. Um, uh, it's annoying me. There's a famous cycling climb that I'm keen to do as well. Anyway, whatever. It's uh, 
it starts in a Argentina La Beze, so it's um anyway, it looks quite it looks it looks a good one for me. It's not massive profile, so it's still got some uh spaces left, which is which is I guess critical for me. Nice. Uh, it's not like a UTMB or anything, but it'll be it'll be cool. So yeah, that's uh that's that's what I'm thinking about now about trying to get my head run for the summer. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that'll be a good stepping stone for your marathon block as well. You know? That's like, what I thought, yeah. Um I mean, even if you were to to really train for a marathon and you know, and then just use that as a as a bit of a fun run as well. Because it's not that long to absolutely destroy your legs. So absolutely. And I think you know me, it's not like I would go into this with no expectations. So I would go in, yeah, I want to I want to A, I want to complete it, um, enjoy running in the Alps and then uh, earn earn some beer. So yeah, it'd be cool. So I will send you the link and if it's ah. uh, if, tra- if travel allows, that'd be cool to see if uh, it could be you fly to Paris, mate. It's a five and a half hour drive from here. We hit up the arrive there Friday night, race Saturday, beer Saturday night, come back. So that that template is standard. So I any like any TRS uh, listeners who might fancy uh, getting involved, uh, let us know. We might, maybe we can make a TRS take over this. Wait. What is quite a small race, but TRS. <laughs> yeah, our shorts will be there. Hopefully, our shorts will arrive by then as well. Right? I hopefully, yeah. I actually, I actually had the weekly update from Ron Hill on that today. I gave them now on the phone to them, so there that is coming. I can guarantee they'll be there by June. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there you go, folks. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, that's uh, you know, in terms of races, we you know we did mention we've we've had a few races that's that have actually happened. So, um, but before we we chat about the races, what we'll do is we're gonna give you the second part of Adrian Stott. Um, you know, I really enjoyed having a chat with him. I think we had some good good messages uh, all about the the history of the West Highland Way and um, one one ultra that I really really want to do and. Is uh, you know not only is Eglin my you know ticked off the <laughs> West Highland Way, I want that ticked off in the next couple of years anyway. That's for sure. So uh, without further ado, here's part two of Adrian Stop. You know, just talking about the ultra scene as well. I mean, we've yeah. got on the west side of the way itself, there's a Highland Way, and then not the Highland Way, there's a Highland Fling, uh, which, yes. which I've been lucky enough to take part in. And I think uh, you also. And you want it, don't be humble. You want it one year. <laughs> so, uh, I, I remember seeing you pop up again. Eh? I think it was 10 miles. <laughs> yes, Adrian, there he is. Because <laughs> the first time I, I think the first time I actually, I think I probably met you before that, you know, in cross country races as a junior and, you know, in, in the non-ultra running scene, but yeah, I've also seen you pop up in the the Haworth Hobble, uh, yep. the, the the trial race. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I remember like hi, it's my fault, sir. I'm sorry, it was my fault. Exactly, yeah. And now, uh, now that was that was an interest. You know, I'm, I'm probably going back to myself here, selfish. Yeah. No. <clears throat> uh, now that was an interesting race because that was my. It was a it was a trial for the the world championships for the uh, yeah. Ultra Trail, which was yeah, 2017, <clears throat> I think it was, and uh, yes. and you had to in top two. That that was if you got in the top two, then you would be you would be you would automatically qualify. But there was three of us who were battling for second, third, and fourth. I think it was, and it was like Dick Dastardly in the wacky races that were just trying to like it was a sprint, a three-way sprint finish. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I remember like going, oh God, like, and I ended up, unfortunately, I remember opening a gate and then, you know, there was a few gates and I opened, I was at the front. So I was in second place. I opened the gate for this, the, the third and fourth placed runners. They went through, then they opened a gate and it, it kind of continued like that for yeah. a while for like, the last yeah. while. and uh, 
I remember, you know, I remember getting ended up coming fourth, but it was kind of like, you know, it's a four hour race and we were within two seconds of each other, all three of us. And getting that call from you was uh, that I was in the team was was uh, was quite special. Um, you know, if you're you're ever many hats on. Yeah. <laughs> For those that don't know, with another hat on, yeah, <clears throat> as I got older and slower well even when i was competing i was still involved in this i also involved in team management and selection yeah. i've been for the scottish and the great britain ultra teams i'm going way back with the 100k team for scotland um that's another story um <laughs> no too tangential no. but um <laughs> yeah for the trail team um we actually had a trial that year for the trail team um Normally, we you can have you can select by CV people to send in their CVs, or you can select by a trial, which is basically just sort of try and get as many the best guys together and knock nine bells out of each other. You know, in your yeah, case, yeah. you work together, but you that particular race was great because I think Tom Payne was with you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Chris Holtz went out. Chris Holtz went out hard and then sort of yeah. faded a bit at the end. That's right. And then Tom Payne, who couldn't navigate to save his life. <laughs> just hung on to all of you guys no disrespect to Tom if he's listening we love yeah. you Tom just hung on to all of you guys till about a mile to go and then realised he knew the way to the finish and just went for it basically yeah because he had the speed yeah uh, and then it was you and Matt Roberts and oh the other guy from Wales um, Gareth Hughes Gareth that's right yeah Gareth Hughes we were just sort of you could have had a blanket over the three of you at the finish yeah you know? <laughs> um, but the selection policy said the first two automatics got selected so yeah. oh, one and two yeah. were sorted but three and four were only about two seconds behind so <laughs> it was such a surreal experience uh that that event um but that yeah, yeah. that was kind of like the the the, the, the first race that got me into to ultra running and uh you know i haven't i haven't looked back at all so yeah. uh wow. But, but yeah, I mean, well, let, let's talk, you know, you, you started talking about some of the other things and the, the other hats that you, you got into. So, you know, you're, you, you're a man of many hats, really. You know, you work, you work at Run and Become um, as one of the managers there. Uh, and how long have you been at Run and Become? You've been there for quite a while, haven't you? Uh, next July, we will be 30. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, same year I ran my first West Island Way. Oh, <coughs> that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I guess we do things a bit different to other people. Mm -hmm. um, we always sort of joke, yeah, we have a business, but we're more of a sort of like a little <clears throat> local community running hub as well, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the three, there's three runner becomes sort of London, Cardiff, Edinburgh. So even that's a bit strange that some people get their heads around. Yeah. Um, but it's like I could probably sum it up one of our main suppliers who are a multinational company one of their national sales directors came and saw me recently had a chat and he said you know what Adrian when I come and see you I feel like I'm just talking to a runner rather than a business person I yeah. go to see other people and they're screwing me for discounts they're screwing for this and that you know and sort of and, 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 and it's like you're the complete opposite you never ask for anything you just you're just passionate about running you just get on with doing what you want to do you know and I said, yeah yeah yeah, I, said, well, I, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I said we we're still here thirty years later, so we're obviously doing something right. I mean, you, you know, I've I've known running become just from just the promotion that you guys do for races and things, and you know, for yeah. for the kind of club level athletes as, as well. It's you know, you I don't really obviously we're all all businesses are going to work from a commercial standpoint, but you do so much for the. The sport as well which i think is really important um now you know you're you're also managing events you, you know you've 
you're he- you know you're always involved in the the event management of you know from ultra run races such as the the West Highland Way, but you also manage um, event organize the five uh, k the the one at the yeah oh, I'm losing my I'm losing my words here <laughs> the burn up the burn up at Silver Hours Esplanade yeah. That's the For guy. those that don't know, I've always, as well as longer races, which I've helped to organise, like 100Ks, 24 hours, yeah. I've always organised some short races in Edinburgh, one mile, two miles, five Ks in the meadows uh-huh. in Edinburgh. Um, we've always had a love affair with Silver House Esplanade, which is near where I live. It's just out that window, about a half a mile down over the golf course. Oh, really? And it's a lovely flat riverside course. Yeah. We actually had our first race there just after I moved to Scotland. I organised the race there. <clears throat> 1980. Oh, God, that's 40 years ago next year, for God's sake. No, tell me, <laughs> tell me that isn't so. <laughs> Started these things far too young. Yeah. Um, and But we've always had a good 5K down there. And I think when Scottish Athletics decided they want to have their Grand Prix series of races, at, you know, all the main distance, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, whatever, they looked around and decided, well, yeah, our 5K had the course. It had a good reputation. Let's take it on. And we built it up to be... It's definitely the fastest 5K in Scotland in depth. It's one of the fastest 5Ks in the UK as well. Yeah. It's an antithesis of the park run. Most people know the park run. Nothing against the park run. I love it. A lot of people get a lot of stuff out of it. Average park run, you might get a handful of people under 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. This 5K we have <clears throat> down at Silver Hours, I think last year there were about 350 people inside 20 minutes. Not last year, it didn't happen last year, two years ago. It's become synonymous with the ultimate sort of 5K burnout. It's uh, yeah. it, it's almost like the you know you've got the Armour 5K and, and you've got the you've got this 5K as well and uh, and you know, the, I think last year, or sorry, not last year, a year and a half ago, or two years ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the times are amazing. You know, like the times of really, really, in terms of the the depth of of times that people are running. You know, yeah. the sub sub twenty to sub nineteen, eighteen, seventeen. It's uh, it's it's a brilliant. Yeah. It's, su- it's such a renowned. Dude, and it's a Friday night as well. You know, the depth that uh, Armada does because we haven't got any money to sort of. Well, Armada doesn't give money as such, but it gives a little bit of support in kind for, yeah. for runners to get over there. Yeah, like, yeah, in in a, in a few different ways, and people want to go because it's a, a burn up. I mean, our, our course record is 14.17. That's Callum, Mr. Hawkins had me, came and did it one year. Yeah. Um, he could do faster than that, but it's, a lot of people do it as a development. Like, you look at the list of winners, it's like Ross Houston, Andy Butchart, you know, Chris Jones, said it's, it's a top-notch people. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it just, as we know, when you get a, a bunch of guys at the front racing it, it's like a, a momentum builds up. Yeah. And it's just like this... I just love it. It's just this, you just sit there and watch it. It's just this whole wall oh. of energy, you know. What's it like? <laughs> you know, it must be, you know, as you as an organizer, you know, as an event organizer too, uh, it must be, you know, you know, we both don't really have much hair left, but you, you know, when you're seeing that many folks running. We've got a, fi- we've got a fine-tuned machine now. Start line in the Especially we did it, it was a bit of a one-man, not to say one-man, but just a, a bunch of about five or six of us just doing all the work. And it, yeah. somehow it's like all these things, you put all the energy out, you cover all your bases, you know all the health and safety you've got to do, and you've got to yeah. this, do this, do that, and, and it works. Yeah. Now it's become, because it's developed this whole little sort of, its own little family around it, if you like, 
you know, um, people want to get involved and sort of, you know, and people from the local clubs just sort of, I'm getting mails and calls, you know, so then, yeah, I want to come and help. I can't, I can't run this year, but I want to come and help. I want to come and help. They want to be involved in the energy. You know, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's so amazing. It's got its own little sort of, like the West Island Ways little family. You've got your own little Edinburgh 5K family as well. Yeah. I think that's really important, you know, for some of these, these key races to, to really thrive is you do need, you can't just do it yourself. You need to form a community and, you know, and yeah. people don't, you, you end up not having to seek them. They come to you and it's, uh, I think that's really special too. And you, when that's yeah. the case, you know, you, you want something really, really special. So, uh, and, you know, and talking, talking about some of these things, you're, um, you've done so much for the sport, you know, our, our, our sport and, uh, and you've you've received it was a Tom Stilley Award I think uh, a couple oh my of, gosh, yes. a couple of yeah. years ago and uh, I remember seeing you all in your your, your suit and tie you looking looking the part uh, so uh, you know uh, just a little bit about what that is so it's what for the every Tom, year it's uh, this is a separate story um, I'm not a big socializer I don't drink um, a lot I have a joke with my my brother who's now passed away that I drank more before I was eighteen and since I was eighteen yeah. so I don't. <laughs> Many of these things, but this particular year, um, as happened, it's a year after Donald passed away, like our yeah, good friend, yeah. And Scottish Athletics, um, along with several other people, awarded him the Hall of Fame Lifetime Award, yeah. Um, which, um, Isabel and and I had to get in touch with Isabel, his wife, and saying, Well, Scottish Athletics want to make Donald no, the Hall of Fame into the annual the Hall of Fame, as it was, yeah. as it is, and <clears throat> I was sort of tasked with being, and Mark Monroe kept bugging me saying, you, you will be coming, won't you? You'll get in touch with Isabel and sort of, you'll come to the evening as well, won't you? So like, yeah, of course I will, because it's um, that time I did. Yeah. And I was there with Isabel and her, his daughters, Claire and Anna, as you might've met them, a lovely family. Yeah. And and Mark kept saying, I'm so glad you're coming, so glad you're coming. And then I was aware of this thing, the Tom Stilley Award and everything. And it's, and it's awarded every year to someone, it's the only award there are no nominations for. He's just, yeah. So the other awards, it's athlete of the year, coach of the year, it's all nominated, people vote yeah. for them sometimes. The Tom Stilley Award is just decided by the Road Running Commission, someone who's yeah. done a lot for the sport over the years. Yeah. And it's as it happens, is it just someone gets up, it was, it was Brian Burnett, who was a co-host, and he yeah. just starts giving a spiel about the Tom Stilley Award. We want to present the Tom Stilley Award. <clears throat> yeah. And the award this year is going to so-and-so, who's done this and this and this and this. And then I'm just sitting there. And I'm looking at my wife, who's also came along tonight, and I yeah. said, oh, my gosh, they're talking about me. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah. it was just great. And it was nice because <clears throat> who should be want to get the award out but my good buddy Ian Beatty, who's a, yeah. you know, chair of Scottish Athletics and also race director of the West Island Way. And he's in his lovely tartan suit, as only Ian can course, do. Yeah. Yeah. So it was quite a little emotional little moment, I have oh, to admit. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just... Obviously, it was it was a couple of years ago now, and you know, I was just really you've done so much for the sport, and I think it's amazing. You know, like people like you, if it wasn't for folk like you, the, the sport wouldn't exist. And uh, and and it's 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 important to to realise it's volunteers and officials they're the ones that make keep the sport going. And and if it's it's just it's you know, I think that's something that listeners have. I'm sure they do, and they realise that. Um, I think that, it's and that's where the community thing comes from as I well. Think it's yeah. in, I think something inherent in the Scottish culture as well. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it's not just a Scottish thing; it happens everywhere. But what Scottish athletes like Nigel Hull and Mark Monroe have 
over the years, last few years, have got a really good club scene together, really driven yeah. the clubs and the whole volunteer ethic, you know, started with the Commonwealth Games, just got volunteering, just suddenly got, I would say it's not hip to volunteer, but it, it was fun to volunteer and people yeah. got that. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's like, even I remember Nigel Hull telling me a story about Central, for instance, Central Athletic Club. If anyone from Central is listening to this, I hope this is a true story. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great story anyway, because it just in, in sums up the ESOS. And Nigel took it's either the son of his daughter along to Central on nights and said, and and whoever he, he when he left them, he sort of said, I've got to go now, but I'll be back in two hours to pick them up. But an hour, two hours to pick them up. He said, okay, we'll let you off that this week. But we have a thing at our club that parents don't just use us as a crash. At least <laughs> once a month, they have to come along and do something yeah. useful for the club. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think Nigel he said, I was a bit taken aback at this. And I was almost embarrassed and shamed to be coming back to help the next week <laughs> but then when i went to help i actually loved it yeah so it's yeah. just like people hold back thinking well, i can't do this can't do that when you actually go and get involved and if the right atmosphere is there and it's a welcoming yeah. atmosphere which it is at all, all our scottish clubs yeah not just at athletic clubs the jog scotland groups as well there's a whole little community there that just welcomes everybody and treats everyone as equals yeah know? You know, the aspiring Olympians and Commonwealth Games athletes can still be in the train, same training session almost as there's a person doing their couch to 5K. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the strength of the sport. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to what, what you know, people like yourself, you know, you've got all these different hats on. Your race <laughs> organizer, event management, all these. It's 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 amazing. Um, and. You know, I, I think we really just have to keep pushing the sport on and doing what we can. So, um, so in terms of the actual sport itself, like from a, you know, because you've got a really good, you know, I, Tom usually manages the Twitter side of things, on, and, and you've got a really good hand in the the world of of running and not just ultra running, but running as well. Where do you kind of see the sport going, growing, or going in Ooh. in the next sort of few years? Well, you'd have to say. <clears throat> It was sort of heading one direction, but COVID has sort of put a little sort of break on some things. Has he? Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I am hoping, and <clears throat> going back to what I was saying about um, even just a little, a little event like the West Highland Way, he's got to move with the times, but you don't yeah. want it to be too commercial. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we get sponsors involved, but um, and they're useful, and it's a, a, a two-way thing. Yeah. Um, I... I'd say worry. I <clears throat> I'm concerned that some major sponsors have too big an influence on the sport mm-hmm. at, a, at an elite level. Yeah, um, and that can spoil it. Um, you look at some events that have got, in my opinion, driven by social media. Yeah, got to do this race, got to do that race, and <clears throat> on the ultra scene, certainly, too many races are hyped up too much, and people are just racing too much. Yeah, and nothing wrong with that if you just want to go out and run things you know um, I've been guilty of that in the past you know but it's possible to run a, a marathon or a, an ultra every month if you want to as you know distance doesn't kill you speed that kills you you yeah. can go out and trundle a, if you're fit you can trundle a marathon look at Eddie Izzard he's done a marathon a day for the last month he's done through lockdown all sorts of crazy yeah. fabulous stuff people have done yeah. um it's the speed never kills you. It's um, the distance never kills you. It's speed and the intensity you do it at. That's what kills you. Yeah. Um, the danger is if people do too many races and the wise athletes at whatever level, whether they're recreational, whether they're elite, you really still got to pick your two or three races a year. You want that year a races, yeah. whether that's you 
going for your local half marathon, your local 10K, just pick the ones you really want to do well at and then just have fun with all the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think there's a danger of getting caught up in too many races hype themselves up as a must-do race. And as a result, some people perhaps aren't quite as disciplined as they'd like to be are doing too many races. Yeah. So I, you'd hope that, and that's probably... The clubs have a role in that in making sure that athletes don't race too much because even club athletes are guilty of that. Yeah. You know, I know elite athletes making GB teams who are guilty of that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't mention any names because um, <clears throat> when you're a team manager and a selector, you're sort of, you want to be anonymous in the background. You can't, yeah. you, 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 people know you're the selector when you're there and you're transparent and you're contactable, but you can't. You're not the story, you know. The, the athletes are the story, but I mean, but you chat to them and you sort of, you can, you can. A lot of them are very organised and have their own coaches, and this is the same at any level. <clears throat> but you sometimes you just hope everyone has some sort of mentor or someone they can go to and sort of say, "I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think?" Yeah, and that there's someone in their club or in their little circle of friends will sort of say. Okay, that's a good idea, but have you thought about doing it this way? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not this bad idea. So you've got to strike that line between encouragement and just sort of telling someone this, oh, can't do that. Bonkers idea. <laughs> Keep running. Don't do basketball. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you never make it as a runner. <laughs> um, it's trying to strike that line as a sort of a mentor or team manager, just sort of being encouraging, but it's also being realistic to people. Yeah. Getting people to be realistic about their goals. Yeah. yeah. They, I almost yeah. said a re- I said a high goal, but Make sure it's realistic and give yourself enough time to achieve it. Yeah, well, talking, you know, <clears throat> that how and how how has it been? You know, as a it been been one of the team man, you know, part of the British Athletics and um, team management for for ultra running. It's <clears throat> uh, you know, it's obviously it's, it's a it's a difficult role. You know, it's a it's a challenging role to to get the best in the country, <clears throat> perform like, at the best in, in 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 you know in the the kind of national and the national stage as well. Like many things, I don't know. I, I didn't go out looking for these sort of jobs. They've just sort of seemed to have come to me. I just seemed to have been <laughs> in the right place and someone's asked, can you do this? You know, yeah. and I said, oh, okay, I'll give it a go and see what happens, you know. Yeah. And it, um, I'm still doing it, so I guess <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing anything right. But yeah. um, wow, yeah. I think um, uh, our, um, our medal tally in GB teams over the last few years has been pretty healthy in a very yeah. competitive environment. So... Think we hold our heads up high in that yeah. phase but it does it is very time consuming mm-hmm. um and all i really do is i i don't coach i never went down the coaching route mm-hmm. thought long and hard about it i even asked people should i be a coach at one point and yeah. was told i would make a good coach but yeah it's one hat too many yeah if you're involved in team management and team selection my personal view is being a coach is a huge conflict of interest yeah um so I guess you call, I'm, I'm a mentor to people. I'm a sounding board. I'm sort of, um, if I've got a role of anything, it's making sure that if someone, I see someone who has the ability to make a GB team or a Scottish team, you just make sure they've got their own little circle around them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. athlete A is at this sort of level, wants to get to this level. Yeah. What do they need to do that? They, they need a good coach. They need somebody who can sit down and say, right, you're here. You want to get to here. How are you going to do that? Yeah. What do you need to know? What do you need to if you get injured, who's which physio do you go and see? Having mm-hmm. trouble with nutrition, you've got nutritionists you go and see. It's just make sure every athlete who's on that pathway to trying to make a GB team. Yeah. And not everyone will. Yeah. You know, so many people have got the potential, but stuff happens. They 
work situations, family situations, so much can go, go wrong in life. But you're just trying to make sure <clears throat> an old coach friend <clears throat> once gave me this lovely analogy about you as a runner. It's like you make this wheel is going around. You imagine a wheel turning in circular motion yeah. and you are at the center of that wheel. Okay. And everything else is going on around this wheel. You've got your job, your family, your money problems, your this and that, your elderly relative who's in the yeah. care home and this and that and everything. And yes, all these things at any point in time can just stop that wheel turning smoothly. Ah, okay. You can get injured. Yeah. And it's like a spoke breaking on the wheel. So it's all of a sudden the wheel isn't turning smoothly. And a mentor, even a coach, is their responsibility just to make sure that wheel is always turning smoothly. Mm. Yeah, it's a big responsibility, isn't it, to get that, that athlete to that level? Yeah, yeah. You think there's an Olympic at the highest level? You got Olympic Games coming up this year, which may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. All over the planet, not just in the UK. You've got yes, our UK athletes, but in every country on the planet, you've got people with an Olympic dream. Yeah. And sorry to say, a lot of them aren't going to make it. Because <laughs> <laughs> selection <laughs> is tough. <laughs> stuff happens even even people who should make the games yeah. don't make the games because they, they mess up in the trial or they get injured they do one training session too many and, and mess up for the uh, oh, the list goes on it? it's, it's a lottery yeah. Like, yeah. so many things can go wrong and often do yeah well bef before we have that wise sort of head who's just in there and sort of saying okay okay your Achilles is played up this week well, maybe we don't do that speech session on Tuesday. Maybe we just leave it for a couple of days. You know, rather than just sort of saying, no, we've got to do this, got to do this. You know, it's just having that someone with a wise head just to say, okay, let's yeah. take a deep breath and have a sit back. And what's the big picture here? Yeah. It's not yeah. Tuesday night. It is September the 18th, whenever your big event is. Yeah. What's your most um, kind of proudest achievement when it comes to, you know, being a, a, you know, one, in, a team manager in, in the British Athletic? Yeah. <laughs> You know, some of these events that you've, you've I would have to be very cautious otherwise I'm gonna have <laughs> you don't have my favorites here eh? <laughs> but what's it one of your one of your you know highlights I'll of, give two of many um <clears throat> one was world champs Turin 24 hour yeah yeah um <clears throat> when men got the team gold mm -hmm. and that had been a sort of culmination of about three or four years a few of us working on the 24-hour team and that was great um just seeing you know three four five guys who just worked their socks off for two or three years they'd come close they got close to the podium they got like bronze medals silver medals and then that year they three and just happened to nail it that's amazing yeah yeah was that the european world I was Worlds in Turin well, 2015. I think I think the ladies got the bronzes, if I remember rightly. They'll yeah. kill me if I got it wrong. Yeah. Oh, it. But I mean, even getting a team bronze medal is is but for the guys to get the gold and the world champs is quite something. Yeah. Oh. And I guess I'd have to in my involvement with the trail team, which I've been more involved with the trail team than the 24-hour team the last few years on the national level. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah. without setting anybody else but if you're looking at the can you go better than actually winning a world championship you can't, not really no that was so uh, that was being Jonathan on the Arden, John, was, being being at the finish line um 
Well, it's two times this happened, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a responsibility. You'll have all seen, um, as I said, it happened once, it happened in Portugal last year when John Alvin won the World Trail Champs, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's a magical moment when you see a Brit crossing the line first in a... Yeah. Um, with a Union Jack, okay. I'm Scottish. We love the salt. I'm not Scottish. I'm English, but I've lived in Scotland long enough to know the salt tire is precious. Um, but but it's a GB team, not a Scottish team. So he's draped in the Union Jack, crossing the finish line. <coughs> and on a similar memory, I have a memory of being with the 100K team in Doha in 2014. Oh yeah, I remember that. When the girls, this is why I've got to, I've got to include this, or so the girls will get upset. Yeah because um, the girls actually won the team gold in the 100k in Doha in the 100k and probably one of the strongest British teams we've ever had we only had four athletes because Doha was an expensive place to get to so it was a tight budget yeah. but we had Ellie Greenwood Joe Zakshevsky Joe Meek and Emily Gelder that's, that's a dream team, team in anybody's language yeah. and they were all flying you know Ellie had won comrades you know Joe Zach was flying, you know, Joe Meek was on song, you know, Emily Gelder, she wasn't the fastest, but she could lay down her life for the team, you know, she'd won Spartathlon, she'd done all sorts of stuff, and to have those four in a team, and it was just amazing seeing those four gals just together. Yeah. Right. Seeing them the night before the race, they were just sat down, just in a little corner, and you just see, they were just having fun. They were just, you just, and that's something a team manager just, dreams of just having four athletes there yeah they know they're fit you know they're fit and they're just relaxed and laughing away knowing yeah. that the race the next day is they're, they're serious about it they're gonna they're gonna pull for each other so agree with and you think, yeah, for, was, what seven and a half hours for that wasn't she she was uh, uh, yes something like that it's, it's first that, third and fourth basically yeah which isn't far um, but the responsibility was i was at the feed station out on the course about half a mile from the finish and <laughs> My responsibility was to make sure Ellie got the flag. <laughs> that he was in the lead. <laughs> and I was given the responsibility because other people had to go to the finish because I was there for the feed station to feed up the other people who hadn't finished yet. Yeah. And life's tough. You, know, you can't have all the glory things. But my big, big moment was mustn't mess up, mustn't mess up. Got to give Ellie the flag. <laughs> and I saw Ellie coming and I'm seeing Ellie coming down this road. I go, yeah, Ellie, go, go. I'm clapping away, clapping away. And I said, oh, the flag. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the table, get the flag, give her the flag. And she just didn't break stride. She knew it was coming. And she, yeah. she, we hadn't talked about it, but she she knew there'd be a flag. Someone would give her a flag somewhere on the line. And yeah. that was it. Oh, it was fun. Just... Yeah. Wow. Well, we could, Adrian, we could talk for hours, eh? Like, you know, I'm sure this isn't going to be the last time you're going to be on the show because. Um... Part two beckons. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll have to just make an ultra podcast, uh, right, guys? Th this show we're gonna it's gonna be three hours long. We're gonna chat all things running, but instead oh, no. we will uh, we will we will we will kind of cut it there. And uh, <laughs> before you go, though, we do want to give you some some fartlet questions. Um, oh gosh, okay. Yeah, do you know what? They're not gonna. Hopefully, they won't they won't trip you up too much. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's. I am what I am. <laughs> what's your being being a being a manager, uh, run and become? What's your favorite, your current favorite running shoe? Oh, <clears throat> I have a couple. I have at the moment, La Sportiva Akasha for the trail. Which oh I really? Love. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> they are. I guess I'm 
getting a bit old and slow now, so I can't wear anything too light. And they just got a lovely blend of cushioning and grip, and they're slightly heavier than like your innovator, your Salomons, but they yeah. last. They're like tanks. Are they? Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Not everybody's covered key, but I, I'm loving them yeah. on the trails. I've got a little road shoe. I'm, I've got my Brooks GTSs, which I love. They just work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's you, you know because you've been in the you know you've been in that <coughs> sort of in, in the in the know about you know shoe technology and things. Uh, I can't I can't I can't avoid the question. Um, I, I I feel it coming. Yes. I know what it is going to be. Tell us tell us tell us your kind of views on on carbon shoes and you know what what you, what you think of oh, it gosh. from a um, in one minute in one one minute. Let's let's yeah fart like well it could be longer number, if you want. So, uh, number one. Fart. I, it's been, they've been well documented. I mean, it's not a new story. Yeah. Always been, it's been carbon plate shoes around for the last 20 years. Mizuno yeah. had one about 20 years ago. Other companies like Fila had a carbon shoe at one point, you know, yeah. the technology has always been there. <clears throat> um, what the end company did, I won't even <laughs> mention the full name, the end company got the blend right with the cushioning and the yeah. softness and they, that. Um, Going back to, if I'm totally honest, this is with this is as a runner and also maybe as a retailer as well. Because as a, as a retailer, anyone in retail, especially in the running retail, you're trying to strike a balance between the companies are telling you this, telling you this, this is yeah. wonderful, this is wonderful, and you say, hang on a minute, where's the science? Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we hear your we hear your marketing pitch. Um, how is it going to affect Joe Bloggins from Christophe who? wants to run a four hour marathon you know is it relevant to him you know yeah. who's our base customer you know uh, in some ways at any money shop it's not the elite level it's your middle of the packers they, yeah. they, will, they will keep you in business let's, let's be honest yeah. yeah and to them probably not a lot and the elite level yes they work but being the sort of guy i am two words level playing field come to mind yeah i think so and yeah. I'll say that I don't think the I think the federations have woken up too late. Yeah, they, they, um, they're just catching up now, and it's it's just almost. And boring, isn't it? so. the springs, I think, are just a level too far. Mm. Yeah. Um, I hope data has been collected as it has been for the last. It's now three or four years of data people can collect, um, but it's level playing field and making sure that no one is disadvantaged by not having a shoe. Yeah. Even not to mention names, but there's an athlete in Scotland mm. who was skeptical about these shoes, but has more or started wearing them because it's the only way he's going to compete with his opposition. Yeah. As much as he'd rather not be doing it, you have to join, if you can't beat them, join he's, them. He's seen the writing on the wall. He's seen the influence they have. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about three percent, four percent, even eight percent improvement with these shoes you can't quantify it and you part of you sort of wonders I had this amazing conversation with a coach recently he says well is it really the shoes or have the marketing guys won and just convinced everybody that they're, they're good <laughs> yeah. everyone's thinking i'll wear these shoes i will be 10 seconds quicker yeah. and it's a team talk basically you're not giving a team talk you're just saying wear these shoes it's gonna work you know yeah and that's down the whole psychology of how you do this and you can yeah. change I, the picture. I, I think you're right. I mean, right. I, I know my first night percent, you know, four percent shoe I wore at the <clears throat> Anglo Celtic plate. 
not the Anglo Celt, yeah, the yeah, I saw you with them, yeah, and, and and they were great, like you know, and and I didn't know if they were going to help me, it, 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 but it felt good in them, and it just gave me that confidence that I can run fast, even though you know I, any shoe I would I would be ready for it, but it does give you the extra edge, and um, and but you kind of like. If I don't wear them, someone else will be wearing them. They could beat me. And they, if if we were running barefoot, then who's the fastest? And the new level, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, would Kipchoge have broken two hours without the shoes? Maybe yes, maybe no. Yeah, you would like to have. Again, this is the purest in me. You just wish he, they could have set a race up in Berlin with him and a few other guys, so they could go for two in an actual yeah. race. Because yeah. I'm forever getting people talking to, not club runners, people saying, oh, it's great, the world record is under two hours now. It's not. Yeah. Rubbish, the world record is not under two hours. Yeah. Someone has proved you can run under two hours, but it is not the world record. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that irks me a bit. Because right. um, I've been involved in records, talking about Donald's Day, the setting of records and what's involved in setting a record. Yeah. You look at yeah. what Wormsley did last week with his 100K, you know, yeah. that was, they did all the research and they set that up so it would be a bona fide race. That's okay, it was, a, it was a, this is, we're talking about the Hocker Carbon X project for anyone yeah. listening, has not a clue what we're talking about. <laughs> that was set up as, <clears throat> I'll be quite honest, it was a global marketing extravaganza by Hocker. Yeah. That was incredibly successful for Hocker. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, and inside all that, there was this athlete who just had a dream of wanting to break that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, think of it. You know, when you look at that that record, and because uh, the first thing that sprung to mind was Don Richie's hundred k. You know, six, 10, 10, wasn't it? Was um, funnily enough, I'm writing a little piece about this at the moment. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, let us know. And we'll share it because it'll be. Uh, I'll tweet it out. Yeah. I know. I, I approached someone. I said I I'd like to do something comparing. Yeah. You now three of the fastest hundred k times within sixty five seconds of each other. Oh really? Which is. Donald 61020 on ah. the track. Don Richie yeah. ran 100k in six hours, 10 minutes, 20 seconds in 1978. I'll repeat that 1978. <laughs> there were no gels. There yeah. was no God. Donald had a full-time job. Yeah. Um, we'll get all time. That's that's the part. That's his, this is episode two. Episode so, two, yeah. <laughs> that record held, it was that was run on a track. At Crystal Palace, that record held for almost forty years, and by some quirk of fate, it was broken a week after he passed away. Yeah, Japanese yeah. guy Nao Kazami ran six oh nine fourteen in in Japan at Lake Saroma, uh, and that was the record Warms he was trying to get out of his challenge last week, and came up those twelve seconds short. And I have no words to describe. I just I've run out of words to try and describe how he must feel. Yeah, yeah, all right. He was sort of, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just watching him come down that fish like, oh, because at 95k, you thought he's nailed this. Yeah, I thought too. Yeah. But stay tuned, I'm doing this little piece, and it's just, oh, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, you've yeah. got to get miles, you've got to get time in the bank. Yeah, yeah, especially Donald, for that. I just finished all this. Donald was not renowned for taking it easy. Nice. Donald's Don Richie's philosophy again, more in part two. <laughs> the yeah. the Don Richie episode. Oh, yeah. We, we, I much chatted for Donald. He sort of said, What's how do you approach a race? He said, Well, and Donald, I was like, No, Donald is very quiet and just sort of every word was sort of useful. 
you know, there wasn't any sort of wasted chatter. So, well, every race you go out hard and you hang on. Yeah. And when it's an important race, you've just got to go out harder and hang on longer. Ah, that's crazy. In, in this book as well, it's the Stubborn Scotsman, isn't it? Yes. Um, and I encourage everyone to have a read of that. It's just, just amazing. Um, but I mean, you know, I suppose before we go, like that's something I did want to kind of touch base on was yes. just Don Ritchie, you know, like how, how you know, you, you knew Don Ritchie um, and, you know, you were close, close with him for many years. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I knew Don Ritchie from being a Forest Harrier and yes. the Forest Harrier when, not, not when I was, but... Um, but, know, I, 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 it's one of the reasons I, I started going into ultra running was because of the influencers like like him and just getting the Guinness Book of Records and looking at his name, you know, and all the different distances. <laughs> Don Ritchie, Don Ritchie, like 20, 20 different records in ultra run. It was amazing. Uh, and like, what a guy, you know, just a... Yeah, a, a, we'll do a, episode a, two and you should get Colin Youngson on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Colin, I know Colin as well. From Colin knew Donald for years. Donald trained with him. And Don, yeah. Colin can tell you some stories about Donald to make your hair stand on end. Yeah, nice. Uh, and I, I can as well, I can tell you. I'll line, I'll line Colin up then. <laughs> so, yeah, get get me and Colin on talking about Donald. Oh, so many Donald stories. That's a, yeah. that's, that's a date. That's a date. Yeah. <laughs> but Colin basically sort of said he, Donald had the capacity to endure pain. Yeah. He could just... He had just a mental thing is just switch off and go beyond pain basically yeah. and that's that's something you can't teach people no you can't coach people that they've either got it it's like it's almost like god gave him an extra dollar for determination when he's born just yeah. Yeah, have an extra dollar for this and that'll that'll stand you in good stead for your tasks ahead in life sir yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that was uh, that was the longest fartlet question ever but you know oh, who, sorry who says a, a fartlet <laughs> what's your what's your favorite i think that all stemmed from a favorite your favorite shoe how interesting yes. eh? <laughs> favorite, let's give this one to a minute then <laughs> what's your favorite race west island way west island way nice good answer. it's got everything it's just it's a distance that is long enough to be challenging but short enough not to totally kill you yeah um and it's just it's scotland it's just it's it's just scotland yeah You've got you've you've done the fling. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone's asked me what's the difference between the fling and the devil. Like, for those that don't know, the fling is the first fifty-five miles from Tindrum from Mogite to Tindrum, and yeah. the Devil Hounds is the second bit, and they all joined up into the whole West Island way. And it's like the the fling, the first half is like Scotland's beauty. You know, it's quite delicate. You've got the lock sides and the lakes, and then you get beyond Tindrum. And you yeah. get Scotland's grandeur. You get the mountains and you get Rannoch Moor and it just becomes a lot more yeah. rugged and wild. And it's just like, that whole contrast is just... It's amazing. Yes. Um, I'm jealous. I want to do it. It's just... Uh... Still waiting for you one year. Oh, I know. Yeah, one, <laughs> one year. Before I still be in my prime. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The oldest guy was 74 last year. Really? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, I've got another couple of years in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's your running hero? Stupid who, question. That is, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, um, on an ultra level, well, point two, you have to say Donald because it's a personal interest. Yeah. Going back in the day to um, Eleanor Robinson. Okay, yeah. Female version of Donald, basically. Yeah. 
who, if you look at the ladies' records, it's not Don Ritchie, Don Ritchie, Don Ritchie, Don Ritchie. It's Eleanor Robinson, Eleanor Robinson, Eleanor Robinson. Yeah. And I, I like Donald, just so down to earth, spade a spade, so humble. You know, yeah. what's the fuss? I just get out and run. You know, she'd run a 5K cross country for a club on the Sunday, then go out and do 100K on the, on the next day, you know. Yeah. Just love running. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's just really cool. Uh, yeah, that's two kind of local heroes that you know of as well. Yeah, it's, uh, so what's your, a couple other ones I've got. What's your favourite ultra distance? Now, I think I know what this one will be, but... Probably what I was good at was 24 hours. 24 hours, yeah. You, one thing we never mentioned is you've, you, you've got, a, you did, or maybe you, you don't anymore, Scottish indoor record. Do you oh, have gosh. a Scot- Yeah. <laughs> You weren't getting away that Mickey, lightly. <laughs> one of the Mickey Mouse records I, I once had um, is when I did that race at Milton Keynes around the shopping centre. Was that the one, was it? Yeah, my, it was my first 24 hour. And um, I think I did about, I only did about 100, well, it's only, I did about 120 miles, the first one. Nice. And then, I think it was Andy Milroy. For those who don't know Andy Milroy, he's a lovely guy. Isn't he? Geeky statistician. Yeah. Um, if you want to know any, I mean, people think I'm a bit of a geek with stats. Um, I bow down to Andy Murroy. Andy Murroy will tell you. I'm pretty good on British stats. He's good on global stats. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to know who the 100K metal holder is for women in Argentina, he'll, he'll know it. You want to look it up, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, um, where did that start from? Uh, well, uh, God, you, you've distance. That's what it was. Record. Record. Andy Milway sent me a little note. Yeah. There were no emails back in 19 whenever. And um, so a little stamp for this. And a little envelope came to the door addressed to me. And there's a little note sort of saying, Dear Adrian, I've been going through the results of the Milton Keynes 24 hour. I think you've set a Scottish indoor 24 hour record. Nice. nice. <laughs> I looked at what? <laughs> I said, no, I only did 120 miles. That can't be so. So I actually phoned him up. I said, Andy, yeah, it's only 120 miles. That's not, that, that's okay, but it's not good. That can't be a record. He said, yeah, I can't find anyone else that's ever done one before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so long story short, um, it got broken about three years later by a certain Don Richie. <laughs> In part two, I organised a 24-hour race at the old Kelvin Hall indoors. Oh, really? Oh, 200 metre. Oh, 222. We didn't use the track. We used the jogging loop around the outside. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well, well, let's chat about that next time then. Because uh, there's so many, yeah, so many stories. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, get, you know, cook up with Colin as well and get you a little three-way um, chat about ultra running and, and Don Ritchie. Stubborn Scotsman. That's your yeah. title, the Dublin Scotsman. Yeah, brilliant. Right, well, other than that, the only other thing I was going to ask it was, well, yeah. two things. Your favourite beer? What's your favourite beer? Oh, yeah. I don't drink beer. Do you know what I thought? Is no. It, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's that. <laughs> um, I'm partial to the old Pellegrino. Ah, okay. I think, yeah, I think it was red, white. Yeah, you, you, you did have. Are you not more of a wine drinker? Or have you had? No. no? Alcohol, no. no. Ah, I thought you were. I did touch any alcohol since I was about 17. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, well, the last question I've got then is yes, because I know you'll be back on the show at some point because <laughs> we'll be hopefully inviting you if you want to come on again. <laughs> is uh, one bit of advice that you give the listeners in terms of improving performance, what, what would it be? Oh, in 30 seconds. <clears throat> yeah. Always aim high. But be realistic. Okay. Um, and, and just believe you can do it. Mm. Um, never settle for mediocrity. Even 
I have so many people in Monterey Town we get chatting to, and there's a little, again, it's another little gene people have. Even the sort of, I don't want to be unkind, this isn't meant to be unkind at all, it's meant to be something code. You get all these little people in their 40s and 50s, a little bit overweight, you know, they've done couch to 5K, they've started doing park run, and I bet you any of them, if they're doing 31 minutes, they want to do 29. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing 41, they want to do 38, yeah. etc. They're just as, and everyone wants to improve, but it's just yeah. a case of finding your little goal and being realistic about it yeah. and giving yourself enough time. And it's an old Japanese saying, but find someone who's, unless it's a really wacky goal you've got, seek out someone who's gone that path before because they've made all the mistakes yeah. and they'll stop you making them. Nice, nice. Love it. Well, Adrian, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, I could chat to you all day. Uh, it's uh, just about running, you know. That's how yeah, that's how sad we both are. <laughs> um, but yeah, people actually listen to this. Do people actually listen to this? <laughs> You'd think so. Just my mum. My mum, she listens. That's it. <laughs> Tom's mum and dad. I tell my family they'll listen to it too. My five people listening in. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Well, thanks very much for that, Adrian. Okay. Cheers. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you, Adrian, again for joining us. That is proving already to be a, a, a popular listen. We've seen on the socials a lot of a lot of folks thoroughly enjoying having uh, having Adrian in, in their ears on a, on a long run. So, thanks for joining us. So, Kyle, moving from ultra to slightly shorter. There's been some oh. indoor action. Oh, that has yeah. it's it's met. I didn't realize there was going to be so many so many races, uh, you know, given the current conditions and circumstances. But you know, as we we kind of alluded to the last couple of weeks um, or two weeks ago, we, we have got a, a series of world class professional athletes who have been fortunate enough to to take part in some of the races. And boy, oh boy, there's some fantastic results coming out in some records, Scottish records, British records, you name it. We've got them. So uh, where, where do we start, Tommy? Well, let's start with the indoor meeting uh, in France, just up the road from here, up towards, I think it was up near Calais, actually. Um, oh. Lie- Lievin, um, indoor, and these are both, so both Lievin and the Boston, or as it turned out, New York indoor event we'll talk about. They're both part of the World Indoor Series. Um, so we saw, yeah, we saw Gemma, Gemma was up first, Gemma Ricci was running, um, and uh, Gemma ran indoor over 800, and one took the win in uh two flat and 65 uh hundreds uh which is good it was great to see Gemma on indoors uh looking you know bossing it essentially you know real looks like the world-class athlete she is now um it's so impressive that she's you know heading these fields and it was quite it was cool actually to see them obviously Gemma and Laura they've split up so we don't so we only saw Gemma run over 800 and Laura in a separate race there was no head-to-head um we had Laura in the fifteen hundred. Uh, she was second place in three fifty nine fifty eight. So sub four, which is good. I think that's a British record. Am I right? Yeah, that's a British record. Yeah, um, British not sure record. Yeah, I think it was her own record she broke. I've got a feeling. Uh, it was. was it okay? Quite possibly. Yeah. So obviously British and, and therefore Scottish. But what did you make of the girl who won it? Good after Siggy in three fifty three. Yeah. I mean, Laura Muir is a world class, world class. 1500 meter runner oh. and this girl put six seconds into her and it was i mean uh you know it's i'm bad. not gonna i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna make a claim because this girl has to be fair has form over running 
she's run quick yeah. over 1500 before in, indoors but that was r- outrageous that run well they both they're both nike athletes aren't they um i wonder yeah. i'd imagine they'd have been wearing the same shoe and it's more about you know they have external external factors training yeah. and stuff but it was a. Uh, it meant that Laura had a kind of ended up running, you know, a large part of the race on her own actually. Yeah. Um. So anyway, anyway, I mean, to go sub I four think, is a hell oh, of a time. Yeah. British record. Let's you know, it really, it's amazing. And you know, one thing that we we read online is that before the race, only seven women in history had run sub four minutes for fifteen hundred indoor. Do you not find that a bit strange? Like not strange, but um, there's so many sub four minute runs outside outdoors compared to indoors i mean it's indoors isn't as a lot of a lot of uh athletes don't run indoors they use it indoors as a as a winter training block so you you, you tend to here's the here's the you know the diamond league argument again the standards perhaps not as not as high as it would be compared to outdoors and you know it's still a good standard but um i just find it yeah i agree i i, I you know an indoor running Oh, sometimes tends to be 200 meter shorter tracks and with bends and it's, it's certainly 1500s a real um a real kind of event where there's a lot of tactics that take place so mm-hmm. times don't really tend to be as fast and uh and it doesn't tend to be a time trial and and certainly in you know in the the high profile events but going going by what people are trying to lay down at the moment i think people are just wanting to run fast and get pbs because there's a lack there's a lack of racing but um Absolutely. i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying the indoor you know the indoor mm. world indoor tour i mean i haven't really been able to watch too much just put busy on other stuff but yeah it's uh kudos to to, to laura for that fantastic run there eh? that's, a, that's amazing and you know and i agree with you. it's good to have the coverage on tv it continued as well uh, this week we had the what is usually the Boston meet, um, but it was actually ended up being in New York. I'm not quite sure why they moved it. Uh, and we saw a, an impressive run from uh, Jake Whiteman, who really a gutsy gutsy run went for the went went to the front, looked like he had it, um, and uh, you know in the end didn't quite get the win. But um, I think it was a Scottish 1500 meter indoor record that he ran. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, which, which, uh, so, which is impressive. 334, yeah. 48. 334, 48. Um, and that record was held by another Scott, Josh Kerr, uh, who had the, the record a couple of years ago for, for two years, uh, 335, 72. So, you know, a good over a second quicker, which again is just a great result, you know. So, and that's um, the thing. Listen to me. I'm saying, oh, yeah, he got, he got beaten. That How big a standard are Laura and Jake at that we're talking about, oh, yeah, they got his doubt, they got beat. They're, yeah. And they're running national records. I know. You know. This is like no Scott's ever gone yeah. quicker than Jake on that over that yeah. distance. And it's you know it just shows the level that they're at that they're that 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 it's the that they're getting these times and it's and uh, we're we're disappointed because they're not taking wins. I mean it's so it's so encouraging yeah. with the Olympics coming up. You know yeah. the likes of Laura, Jake, and we haven't even talked about Andy Butcher who was running yeah. as well. It's amazing, really and, exciting. And let and let's not forget, you know, Jake Jake ran a three twenty nine. Was it a three twenty eight, three twenty nine, fifteen hundred last yeah. year? Um, then you know, then he had then he got COVID and had had a break for you know a couple of weeks, and so he's in great form. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in the outdoor season. It's going to be really really exciting. And again, you know, going Andy Andy's still following some good form at the moment. Um, he was, uh, you know, I think. 
yeah, I don't think there's much else to talk about in the New York race. Um, but yeah, uh, Andy was running. There was a Manchester event on. Uh, yeah, that's right. And and he he took second place in the fifteen hundred, so going down the distance, three forty eighty two. That's you know it's 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 a good time, but you know I think um, I think that'll be a stepping stone for his for for, for oh, the yeah, speed the legs for the five k in the summer. Mad, and then uh, Saul Sweeney, good old Saul Sweeney, uh, an eight ten for the three k. Joe Ewan, uh, I think Joe is Joe not um, is he not a, a junior? I could be wrong. He's but, young. I don't know if he's. Yeah. I don't know how where he's officially junior, but he's a young uh, lad. Yeah. And, well, he got one fifteen eight hundred, and Aaron Wallace again is a you know a, a fantastic triathlete, um, and you know a great fifteen hundred meter runner, four fourteen indoors. Great result for her, uh, Eloise Walker, nine twenty three again for the three k. So yeah, Alicia Rees was running for the sixty meters. Uh, high jumper Will Grimsley, Grimsey, you know, tartan jumping shorts cleared uh, <laughs> 2.16 there. So, yeah, some some amazing results there. I mean, this it actually feels like we're back out of lockdown. The the amount of results we've got, so it's brilliant, it's exciting. Yeah. So um, we've now, so we can maybe, oh, whether we cut that or not, but anyway, we've got uh, Mr. Johnny Glenn is sitting in the waiting room. He is so, folks. You're not getting Johnny Glenn. Uh, you know this this episode. We're gonna we're gonna pause the podcast and uh, we will insert Johnny Glenn into next next week's episode. Right. So we're back again. We've just had a chat with with Johnny Glenn. That was a wee point there, folks. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna chat about uh, the Monaco World Indoor Tour. So we had a world record. And, so it wasn't uh, indoor. I'll stop you there. It was outdoor. Outdoor, was it? It was outdoor. It was around the, it was in Monaco along the, the front, yeah. Oh, the, the F1 well, tunnel and all that. It was a road, it wasn't, wasn't it? It was road, yeah. So it was the world road 5k record that went in the ladies' race. 1443. Yeah. Man, that's uh, do, you, do you know what was I quite embarrassing? Angel, you know, like it's it's a good time, but like you know, these did, did they not like change all the world record ratification? Like, age, you know, I think so, yeah couple of years ago so like all these new world records came about like 5k men's world record was broken at like 1340 and and uh i, I can't I, I can't remember the reason why i'm sure someone will know some bright spark out there will know um but yeah well well that's that you know that's a that's that's a good time by chip chip coach but you know what though it was it was and I'm not taking any away from it but it was an out it was a mixed field so she was paced but she had a male pacer uh, and she was she was pretty well clear of the uh, of, of second place. Yeah. And actually, what was a shame was that because um, you know it was you know it was such a big one coming back that you know Chep the guy in the male race was like the big favourite, and the cameras basically sat on him that we didn't see anything of the women's race. And eventually, they cut back to the girl in second, and they only cut to um, Chep Torch when she when she crossed the line. Actually, it was really, oh, really? Like zero coverage. Really poor. Oh, that's rubbish. Um, well, yeah. the reason it was it was recognised as a world it's it, it's only the five kilometres on the road has only been recognised as a world record event from November the twenty seventh, twenty seventeen. So that's your answer. Oh. For that, you know that it wasn't recognised. So is it a rec? So is it actually is is it the fastest? I mean, has someone run faster than fourteen forty three before that? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, interesting. And the so, same for, um, for all these roads, or certainly for the 5K anyway, I'm not sure about the, the other events, but... it's um, interesting. Yeah. 
and, so that and was, that yeah, same, in that same event uh, in Monaco, Uganda's Joshua Chip, the guy, uh, he's the 10K world champion on the track, won the men's race in 13-14. But he, he set the world record, five-kilometer record of 12.51. In At that race last year. last year? Yeah. Looks a really nice race. I mean, obviously, it it's does. not one that we would run. It, but that's one like, that you could get to, can you? I could get there. I'm not sure I could get up a bit, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it was cool, and I think um, it was again. It was just nice to see racing Listen, coming yeah. back and athletics. There was no Brits in the field for that I could see, but um, anyway, good to. Well, they wouldn't be allowed. They might. They might struggle getting back in the country. I know that there is, there is uh, exemptions for sports, but um, anyway, no, no Brits there. Um, I think that's it in terms of results. We've talked about the, the indoors, talked about the 5K, we've talked about the virtual hill champs. So no, we, didn't, Kyle, we didn't talk about the results, though, did we? We didn't really, you know. The, of, the, of the virtual hill? No. Nah, who who so, were the top three? It, so, the, well, in the top one that and one was, uh, it was, uh, so Andy Douglas won the men's race with, what, 660 metres? And, and Megan Crawford won the ladies' event, I believe. And I don't know the distances that in front of me uh, I should probably find them quite quickly I've got them here I've just um, yeah I've just loaded them up so yeah Andy Douglas 660 meters which our boy Louis, Louis McMillan McMillan uh, in by uni here in Hounds under 20 of, and uh, then we go to the other end Ian Stewart M40 Westerlands 564 meters Owen Lennon uh, fourth Hamish Battle was, was uh, getting his Getting his pink running pants on as well for for a shot at the hills. And he, he lives nearby me as well, so I don't know what he did to find the hill. I have to check that out. He probably went out with a shovel or something. Who knows? Uh, Caroline Marwick. Marwick was um, yeah, she was the, the the winner, and she's a northerner, a W thirty five against her name too. Uh, Highland Hill runner, four hundred eighty six meters. We had Andy McCall as well. Um, he was also running. Big shout out to Andy, uh, a listener of the show. Megan Crawford was second from five, 450 metres. Good result for her. And uh, your third place goes to Jennifer Campbell, uh, Canvas Lang, W45, 417 metres. So there you go. And uh, yeah, big Kyle Gregg over there, M30, M35. It's a bit weird seeing your name, um, you know, with, a, with an age grade. I'm, I'm used to seeing a, a senior. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not enjoying it myself. To be yeah, honest. no, no. But 395. I actually thought I got 400 meters, but clearly not. So I've. Uh, I haven't actually. I haven't done any kind of uh, any investigation of this, but I have heard claims that some of the numbers didn't match. I'm going to do a random check here. So I'm going to put someone in sixth place claims to have run 503 meters, and there's a link to their Strava, which, to be fair, says they ran 503 meters. So maybe let's let's assume that it is all good. Well, anyway, we uh, we have one announcement to make, and that's uh, run of the week. So, I see it's left blank in the notes. Do you, do you have someone in mind, or are we just gonna, you know, do a random pick here? Oh, I mean, it comes down to. For me, it comes down to. I was really impressed with Jake Whiteman. I think national record, and also it was such a ballsy run. You know, don't get me wrong, Lauren. Laura Gemma had the win. Laura had a big stint on her own, but Jake, I was really impressed because he really took that race out. He really went, you know, he was really pushing at the front. It was only in the last lap where the uh, the New Zealander went past him. So for me, it's I think last week was Jake Whiteman running the week. 
And he did get over a second off the Scottish record, which is phenomenal too. Absolutely. And, and that's by another legend as well. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think TRS will proudly announce, Jake, you're the run of the week and, you know, an interview, interview of the show as well. So, you know, if you want to listen to that great interview, uh, yeah, get, you know, look back on our archives as well. So, um, well, other than that, Tom, what's the, you know, what's the next few days looking, looking like for you? For me, so I'm going to try and uh, what I'm going to be doing this week. Uh, not much, uh, st- usual sort of business this weekend. I'm going to try and I, I was on the tr- I was with a trim of the club on the weekend there, did a K, 3K, K, 3K, K session at half pace. Hold off. No, no, it was all good this week. Okay. All good. Um, uh, obviously, Fiona's here, which is great. Uh, so she started doing a bit of running out and about here, which is good. This weekend, what have I got this weekend? I'm quite, you know, I'm quite enjoying because I'm just following the club training. I'm quite enjoying finding out on the day what I'm doing. Oh, nice. it, you know, it's like it's. I've never, you know, for years I've always had a plan, and it's quite refreshing just to just to turn do up just, and... just to turn up. Yeah. So yeah. we've got there's a club event on the there's a there's a, there's a couple of clubs. There's our club team Langland in Paris, and there's also a group in another group in uh, in Paris. There's two of them are doing this. Um, solidarity race in april april the 4th um and uh it's a it's virtual but the club so i know you can do it i think you can do it across paris but the club or the club have measured out a circuit and in the bois de boulogne the big park near us there's some roads like proper car roads you know like two-lane roads that are closed in the park on the weekend so they're amazing for tempo like uh, so i was tempoing them on on the weekend there because it's like two carriageway wide. There's nobody on it. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's actually where the Paris Marathon comes through. Uh, oh, does it? So it's nice to do a bit of mileage on there, get used to that. Anyway, they've measured it out. The club have measured out. So the club are going to run a 10K. It could be a bit of a shambles, actually, now I think about it. 10K, half, 30K, and a marathon all on the same day <laughs> as part of this race event. Anyway, so I'm down to do the... I'm going to do this, the half. Um, and there's a, looks like there's a few boys at the club who are generally quicker than me doing it. So that should be good. Hopefully try and get dragged along. I think I'm not going to run anything quick. I think if I could run, I'd probably, at this stage, I'd be pretty happy if I could run 72 minutes, to be quite honest. Um, and then we'll see, take it from there. I've got the, the 10K, the regional 10K champs the week after, uh, the Fule de Malakoff, as it's called. That's, um, that's on the 10th of April. So again, like to get into shape, for, reasonable shape for that. So I'm just going to keep Wednesday, Saturday sessions um, and a long run on the Sunday. It's pretty basic training for me. But as as we we've heard from a lot of our guests, and just there with Johnny, you'll hear next week. Consistency is king. So yeah, I need to just I need to. That was another, it was very good. Yeah, Looking really forward to sharing this. that with you all. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? What's on the agenda for you this week? Well, I'd say I think uh, you know just a little bit about a little bit of what I've been doing in the last kind of week or so, and. I'm, uh, you know, I've been hitting some treadmill sessions, as I said, and you know, Debbie's been on the bike, and uh, we've been doing a, a kind of, you know, motivating each other when when Logan goes to sleep. So it's been quite good. good. Um, and yeah, I think you know, it's, it's I might get my get my running shorts out to, and, and my my running vest out since the temperatures are starting to uh-huh. hike up. And uh, mate, eighteen know, eighteen here this weekend, mate. Is it eighteen? You're joking? Yeah, eighteen in Paris on Saturday. No yeah. way. Well, yeah, I mean, top tropical. In Fahrenheit here, so um, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of snow on the roads just now, and I, I don't know about you, but I find you know, when you go out in the snow and, and you run and it's a little bit uneven, I do find I, I get a little bit you know, fatigued quite you know, the following day, and I get these odd you know, 
tweaks here and there, not injuries as such, but definitely things to, to watch out for. Um, and, you know, and that, that, I suppose that goes to the, the listeners as well. Just, you know, watch what you're doing out there. And as the snow starts to thaw, the ice starts to, to become a little bit more prevalent, um, you know, depending on how quick the thaw it thaws out so just watch yourselves folks and um yeah stay safe out there and yeah fingers crossed we get some some racing back back in action uh so yeah you know and also just looking at the the planning of the murray way ultras as well um dava way is meant to be happening in april it's it's not looking it's not looking very promising i'm going to make a decision and start in march whether or not we, we we push it we push it back a little bit um, but you know there's still a lot of planning to do for all the other events as well and there's still entries open there the Dava Way is full um, but the, the other entries and other events are the Murray Way Ultras are there's a Murray Coastal Trail in June then you've got a Speyside Way we've got the 37 miler and we've also got 100k as well um, so that'll be quite exciting the full length of the Speyside Way um, and then to, to top that all off we then have the Murray Way 100 miler so it's yeah, that's sure. that's taken a little bit of time, but it's you know it's time that I really enjoy you know spending spending time and you know just getting it all ready. It's something new, it's something exciting. So there's a lot of interest too. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how that folds out and ho- hopefully COVID pending things start to improve. So yeah. So other than that, I think uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of for me, and I'm still trying to get in in decent enough shape so that i can do something in in april or may or june or whatever whatever time it'll be but it's it's hard to do you know when you you don't know what you're going to be doing and whether or not the race will will actually the race that i'm looking to do will will actually go ahead so i think think a lot of listeners probably can sympathize with that motivation right now is tough and yeah everyone deals with differently last year i was like i really got into like right i'm going to train i'm going to take advantage get into great shape and I, i did get into good shape yeah this time round i'm much more like do you know what I'm gonna? I want to stay. I want to be like poised and ready to go. So I want to keep myself yeah. in reasonable shape, so that if we if we suddenly get a, a break, I can know that in six to eight weeks I can turn around a reasonable yeah. shape. So I'm it's a little bit of a different approach, but I think it's because of the weather and the time of year, isn't it? It's, it's quite uh, lighter days and all that. I'll give us a little bit of hope as well. You know, getting up yeah. at you know six in the morning, seven in the morning, it's it's still dark outside. Oh, it doesn't make you want to go out. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're you know I'm fortunate enough to have a treadmill here, and fortunate enough that we don't live in uh, you know Norway when it's dark all night. You know in Iceland and it's dark for the the whole of the winter, so it's yeah could be worse. Eh? Could be worse. Indeed. Well, folks, we're rambling again, but uh, hopefully good content for you. And um, it's been great to hear from you, Tommy. And uh, I look forward to hearing any feedback from yourselves, listeners. If you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at Tart Running Shorts at gmail.com you can get us on our instagram handle our facebook page and also our twitter handle too so yeah and also if you haven't already subscribed to us please subscribe um because it does give us a lot more uh, cred in the world of podcasting as well folks so do subscribe and leave us a review as well be much appreciated all right listeners well lovely to speak to you Great see you next week and go for a run <laughs>
example sometimes saunter when we train when we train when we train 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 it can be savage but never brutal because we'll love the wind and rain you got Tommy you got Kyle they bring news they drink brews they do interviews they like park run and cross country and Nike's dodgy shoes so bring some time And that's a wrap.